On today's episode of Along for the Ride podcast, we have been away, but now we're back and we'll be looking back on the riders' last two BBL Championship games. We'll be looking forward to a bonfire game night cracker. There will be fireworks at the Morningside Arena. We'll also jump into a number of other basketball, British basketball podcasts, and we'll be asking some of the big questions, plus all of our usual nonsense. So let's get it going. As we said, we're back along for the ride. We've been gone. I think we had a couple of weeks off. We did. Um, that was my fault, I think. Yeah. I think no, it, was, no, it wasn't, I think. It was definitely my fault. Um, I was um, got that terrible affliction, which um, most men are aware of, and all women are definitely aware of, that, that kind of deadly man flu. Man flu. It's, it, a, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. It's, and plenty going around, especially for the, those of... Uh, of a more aged um, outlook. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, so I've been suffering. So, because I've been suffering, I've I've kind of not been up to practices and around the team. Because I think it's always it's always uh, prudent not to be seen to kind of talking to people and coughing and sneezing over people. Yeah, I'm not sure it'd be a great look as if. Um, Pod, you know, I can see the article on the website. Podcast means half the team's missing in <laughs> riders' upset or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We don't want we don't want that going around. Yeah. So that's the only reason we've been away. Yes, we are still here, um, but it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Excited. Yes. Always um, excited. Absolutely. And we've, obviously, we've missed a few games. Um, two games most recently: um, the Surrey Scorchers game at home and the Caledonia Gladiators game up in East Kilbride. Yes, definitely not Glasgow. Glasgow. Definitely not Glasgow. Well, it is kind of nearly Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. 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 Look at the map. It's a it's, it's a suburb, kind of. I think you know. it, uh, referring to it as Glasgow is pretty generous. But anyway, yes. um, I think probably best person to um, speak about both of those, but also talk about a few other different things: the growth and the development of the team, and and a few messages that has been put in across is is yourself and Coach Rob. A bit more of an extended interview with Rob this time. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So this this interview um, is a little bit longer than perhaps normal because we've not spoke for a couple of weeks. So let's hear kind of his views about um, those games and uh, the future game to come. Right, Rob, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to get down to practice. So good to catch up with you. Um, after We've played a few games since. I suppose this Saturday, and a few few things I want to talk to you about, and I guess one of the key themes is around messaging and your messaging. So hopefully that will become a little bit clearer as, as we go what I mean by that. So we've got a 5-4 and four record, 10th um, game on Saturday night. So we're actually getting close to being a third through the championship regular season. I wonder if you could just tip off by saying, what's your overall impression about the team's progress to this point, Rob? Yeah, I think um, we're better today than we were when we started, no question about it. I think there has been uh, improvements. I think that, um, you know, we've uh, played better um, in stretches. I think, um, you know, uh, when you look at our team, uh, we have a a balance in, in scoring, 
Um, we have, uh, you know, a lot of players that are making an impact. I think that um, maybe in the first couple games of the season, certain guys weren't getting minutes and making an impact. But as we've gotten to, you know, game coming up on game number 10, I think if you look at the roster, uh, there is 11 guys that have uh, made an impact. So, um yeah, it's a little disappointing in a way because we feel like that um, we're really close. To, uh, you know, obviously the last game we played was tough, and we're really close to having one of the better records in the league. Really, I mean, London's you know set out and put themselves in an incredible position early, but the rest is 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 there for everyone, you know. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a tough league. I think road games. Um, you you know what we've seen in the nine games is that road games are going to be tough to come by, no doubt. Uh, and you got to take advantage uh, of of playing at home. So I I, I like the um, the options that we have. I think we are uh, growing as a team, and I think that um, you know the improvement we we've made from the beginning. If we can continue that improvement, uh, we'll be in a good place. Absolutely. So just a couple of games then, just to perhaps uh, dive a little bit deeper into uh, in terms of recent uh, performances. Um, last um, home game will be at uh, Surrey, 94-86. I think it's fair to say we were slow out of the blocks. That's, that's first, fair. Is that fair to say? <laughs> first quarter down 12-28 and actually midway through the uh, second quarter was 23 down question how anxious were you yeah no it was a nightmare start no question I don't think I can remember a start like that for any of the teams that I've had here maybe there might have been one but I don't remember it it just wasn't happening for us I think um first off our lack of finishing around the basket was a big problem I thought we had four or five maybe even more in that first half good looks around the basket we didn't finish so our transition defense suffered because of that and I didn't think that um you know our half court defense was great either so we we put ourselves in a huge hole uh we played everybody um to 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 try to mix it up but um I thought that um as we got uh to the second quarter middle of the second quarter things started to turn Absolutely. I mean, I, I, importantly, we won three out of those four quarters. So kind of we keep it in perspective. I guess that's a key question. What what did you kind of say to the guys at halftime? What do you see as the critical things that did turn it around that game, Rob? Uh, I thought that, um, you know, the second quarter showed us what energy and um, commitment on the defensive end uh, could do to that game. And I think that there was a unit that went in there that you know, simple things like making it a tougher pass to make to the wing, denying the ball a little bit, playing a little bit with more urgency, uh, and I, we, it showed where we could go with this game. So going in at halftime, you know, there wasn't much tactical message really. It was just about playing, go out there and play uh, energy. And I think the last message for me was walk out. You know, we were down nine, I believe. Walk out there and show that team that we think we're winning this game. Uh, I wanted us to have a confidence about us. I wanted our layup lines to look like we were the team in front because we were going, had the momentum going in at halftime. And I think the message was just show that. Show that in your body language. Show that in your energy. And I think once we got uh, the game back out there in the third quarter, you saw that. Absolutely. So there's kind of one of the messages themes, really. Um, I guess in terms of a big, big, big performance for us that night was Myron Thomas, 20 and 11. Um, he seems to be putting up some really impressive stats. How, how impressive are, 
have you been with Myron since he's arrived? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing for for me with Myron is that his energy is 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 there, and I think that um, his energy is there from start to finish. Uh, there's not a better front court runner, I don't think, in the league right now. What I mean by that is, you know, he can go from backboard to backboard and just keep going, and that um, really is uh, infectious to the team. And then, you know, lately the three-point shot has really been going down. I think he had three in that game, uh, a couple big ones. So, you know, you could see that he has uh, the skill level and the energy, and I think that, that that has really come through over the last few games. So it was a great win on the night. And then, of course, we, we kind of got that big road trip up to East Kilbride, Glasgow, really, yeah. against them. And we kind of a heartbreak loss, a one-point loss. And I guess it was a game that was decided in the last 10 seconds uh, of the ball game. Um, can you take us through kind of um, those last couple of plays, Rob, um, when they took a timeout and when you took a timeout? And what was the messaging to the guys during those critical phases of the game well first off that's a, obviously a second game weekend and, and a long long trip Nine fifteen a.m uh, on the coach um to arrive for about four o'clock or so so you know that's a long trip we hadn't done that in a while um you know going up on the day uh so it, it, it was certainly new to, to some folk there and getting adjusted to that can be a challenge and i thought early on in the game you could see that you know uh, but we felt like we were hanging around Got some good bench minutes. We were really battling. Nobody had beaten them at home yet, so we were really battling. And um, you know, I thought that um, you know we put ourselves in an unbelievable position with the lead. Uh, it was a little disappointing we didn't score in the last couple minutes to to extend that lead. You know, we, we we left a few possessions out there on the offensive end, and obviously Patrick made some some big shots. Uh, disappointed a little bit on on one of them where we weren't up high enough. You know, we got to do a better job there. We talked about it all week. You know, he comes off that screen. We got to be up there, and um, then he hits that one in the middle. So you're talking about the last couple plays. You know, we're up. Kimball makes the shot. Seven and a half to go. And, um, yeah, we want to make sure that we don't give Whelan any clean looks. I think it was important coming out of that timeout that we knew he'd be the guy with the ball in his hands, and we wanted to make sure. And they ran a play that, you know, we, we do know, and, um, you know, we switched out uh, on him. And um, give him credit, he took advantage of the switch with, uh, with Connor. Um, you know, when we look back at it, maybe um, – could have done it a little bit differently, but not much time left in the clock. So we we knew he was the danger man, and to come up with the read that he made there was a really good play. You don't see that too often. Usually when you catch a ball with seven or under, there's not many passes in your bag, right? And um, he made a really good pass. Kid hit a turnaround shot. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was tough to take. We come into the timeout. Um, you know, McKenzie had just hit the last shot, and, you know, when you have – under two seconds, was it two, 1.8, something like that. You know there's not going to be a pass available once the ball comes in and you're looking for somebody that can create a quick shot. We felt like his pull-up jumper um, could be there, and it was. And I think that um, uh, when we saw him catch it and Pat jumped out to try to take it away, made him come free, we loved where he was in that spot. But give Anwas credit. When we watch it back, um, he gets his hand on the ball. He makes a great defensive play. You know, talking about a guy on was one for seven on the night, didn't do too much. But um, that was a real heads-up defensive play for him to tip that because we pretty much got the shot we wanted. You know, when you 
draw up those plays, and when you come out of those timeouts, you're looking for um, some execution there. And I thought, um, you know, uh, Pinson made a good pass to him, and we got the shot we wanted. But unfortunately for us, it wasn't there to go down. And you talked about heartbreaking. That's about as heartbreaking as it gets that game. Uh, we felt like, um, you know, we we did enough, um, you know, to put ourselves in front. And um, it would have been um, a whole different narrative winning that one with the two-game winning weekend. So it's heartbreaking. I do think there's positives to take out of it. I thought our bench, again, did a really nice job. And, um, you know, we just got to uh, push forward and, um, and keep learning and keep battling. Absolutely. You mentioned the, the, the kind of bench scoring and uh, kind of the stats tell us that they scored 46 points. So the majority of our points came from the bench, led by Blake Bowman, game high 15 points. How impressive were the bench on the night? Yeah, really impressive. Um, we know we have that there. I think Blake was, was excellent. He scored six for seven. You know, I just thought his running and his uh, energy and his commitment to the game was really there. Body language, great. Just looked like he wanted it out there. And I thought he did a really good job to, to play that way. I thought we got some really good minutes from Mo too. You know, he had seven defensive rebounds in 16 minutes. Smart play. Adawu solid. You know, and then Connor. You know, I thought Connor, um, you know, a little concerned about the trip for him. You know, obviously he's had the back issues. I asked him before the game. And he said, I'm good to go. I feel good. So he, he, he really provided us with, with a, a nice little spark. And I think when you look at that from our team, I think that um, that's what you know, gives us so much positive vibes going forward is that we know what the season can be like. We know how difficult it is. And we know we have this bench. And one other point that doesn't seem to be mentioned, unless I'm missing it in the broadcast, I may be. So, um, but not a lot of mention of Law not being there. Um, you know, I think that... Um, if you watch a lot of our games this year, and I know a lot of people do, um, it's hard to fathom that that's not brought up because uh, he is a uh, real glue guy for us, real late-game defensive player as well, a rebounder, defense. And I think that um, that makes us feel better as well, that when we get him back, you know, we can even be a team that uh, is a little bit stronger. Absolutely. Now, you make a good point. One of my questions was asking about TJ. Uh, we've not seen him, I think, for a couple of weeks. How is he? Is he good to go for this Saturday, expecting him to play? We're still waiting. Um, you know, obviously, uh, this week, last week he was better. I think this week, I think we're pretty positive on, you know, the, the strides that he's making. Uh, we won't know for sure until we get closer to the game, but... You know, that's the goal, to, to get back for this one. I know he was real disappointed he couldn't play last game. He really wanted it to be in that game, um, you know, on, on Sunday in, in, in East Kilbride. But, um, yeah, I think uh, we're, we're hoping we can get him back Saturday. Because, like I said, um, you know, his numbers have been good when you look at his numbers. But just the little intangibles, the defensive energy, the energy on the glass, all that kind of stuff, you know, with him not being there, it definitely changes our team. Absolutely. Can I, can I ask the nature of his kind of absence? Is that a concussion or is it some other injury, Rob? Yeah, it's more of a, 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 a lower neck head type of situation. I don't know about that uh, that word, really. I haven't really heard too much about that. But um, we just want to make sure, being cautious, to make sure that um, he feels right before he goes back in. Okay, so fingers crossed for, crossed for Saturday night. So let's, let's kind of look ahead a little bit towards Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, November the 4th. 
It is almost bonfire night, so I'm just wondering. It's the Newcastle Eagles in town. We've gone up there twice, split those games one and one. Are we expecting firecrackers Saturday night? We know what happened at last game, Rob. Yeah, I expect a great game again. I think we've had two really good games up there. I think when you look back at the first one we won, certainly came down to the last couple minutes, and you know we won. I think when you look at the, the last game we played, it certainly come down to the last few minutes and we lost. So I think the two teams match up pretty nicely. They've actually you know struggled a little bit out of the gate record-wise, but we know what they have for talent. And you know when you look at the last game that they played, you know they, they certainly shot the three well. Uh, they're a team that was averaging about six threes a game. They made 13 that night so we know they have the firepower there so we have to be ready for that and obviously there was a lot of stuff that happened in that game it was disappointing for me I didn't think that that's necessary um, for all that so I don't think that that's something that we'll be talking too much about we don't want any part of that stuff we want to play basketball we want to play physical play hard play smart uh, but I think both teams um, you know will understand uh, how intense and um how exciting those first two games were so i think both teams would be really up for it absolutely that last game up at newcastle some people commentators might say it got a little bit chippy how important again in terms of messaging is it key for discipline for our team um to be successful yeah 100 percent. i think it's always important to have that discipline look you're not going to let somebody clap in your face and push you I mean, you can't let that happen. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know anywhere in any type of job where you don't defend yourself if that happens. So, but we have to make sure that you know we don't get involved. Obviously, um, you know, whoever is officiating the game will certainly be paying attention. Uh, so, you know, that message will be: play basketball, don't back down. Obviously, play, play strong, play tough. But make sure um, you have your discipline about you and make sure you understand uh, what we need to, go, need to do to get the job done. Great, Rob. Um, just, just finally, then, and I, I have mentioned it to you a few times. And again, you talk about things that perhaps aren't commentated on, on BBL um, commentators. I just think we're starting our starting five. It's got to be the youngest group in this league, I would imagine. They're all first-year rookies. That's my assessment. I've done the maths. But I I suspect that that must be the case when I think about every other team and their starting fives. Um, Again, I think I've asked you previously, does it feel like this is the most challenging season you've had in terms of seeing rookies and young young men kind of growing and developing um, and, and maintaining that consistent throughout the season this is the most challenging season you've probably had um there's been so many of them that um you know it's hard to remember 2008 2009 2010 you know that's i think there was a lot of young players there as well a lot of new players i think yeah no doubt it can be challenging but it's challenging because we have such a new team regardless of the age um and yeah that can be a little bit of a factor but regardless of that you know, we lost a lot of players from last season's team, um, players that we didn't want to lose, you know. So um, that's always going to be a major adjustment for in any sport at any time. And I think we've had such a, a glorious run here. When you look at it statistically, the numbers will tell you that. But I think, you know, looking at this year, we knew that this was going to be an adjustment. It was an adjustment year, no question about it. We had to, you know, reset ourselves and I think we've been really close here to having a, a different outcome and a different record to where we're at. But every day is definitely a, a learning experience 
for the team and the staff. I think that um, we're doing everything we can uh, to try to make it as simple as we can and uh, make it as easy, easy as we can for the adjustment. So the league is challenging. I think that um, we've seen such uh, large investment in certain places um, that we knew it was going to be really challenging. And I think that it's tough because these games this year, I believe, will come down to a lot of the last five minutes of the ball game. And I think that... Um, you know, you get a bounce one way or bounce another way can certainly change how you feel. But we're looking forward to, to keep going. Um, we want to have uh, a great home court in here, too. I think that's necessary. You know, I think playing on the road will teach you that. Caledonia, Newcastle, Bristol so far, all those places are really tough environments to win in. And I hope that this can be the same here. That's what we're looking forward to. And I think that's uh, certainly a plea uh, to the fans that come, you know, do everything we can to, to, to create that kind of atmosphere that we've gone up against uh, this season. And I think um, we've seen it in here in the past where it can get like that. And we're hoping for that Saturday night. Hey Rob, as usual, thank you very much for your time and your and your views. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be reading for you, making lots of noise Saturday night. Thank you very much. And thank you for making the trip to East Kilbride. Uh, certainly was uh, nice to see you and all those friendly faces up there. And, uh, and that's no easy ride. Much respect. Thanks, Rob. Cheers. So obviously, uh, Matt was yourself um, chatting with with Coach Rob. Yes, um, I believe in his office. Yeah, we kind of got to speak in his office for a change. So uh, I think the audio audio um, sounded a little better, a little a little clearer than yeah. perhaps it uh, historically is. Yeah, a lot a lot less background noise. But yes. uh, I guess one thing sort of that jumped out to me straight away, just to get straight into it, uh, drill into the narrative, so to speak. Um, Rob used the phrase that we've you know we've grown a lot of team and he, he, as a team, and if we continue on the same path or same trajectory, that we'll, we'll be, be in a very good place. And I think you know. Even when we've been losing games, there's lots of positives to take. Um, Caledonia away, seven hours on a bus when you've played two days before yes. isn't the easiest thing to do. It's not. Um, and obviously we were very close to winning that. Um, and Rob talked about it there being a good play. And I messaged you after the game, actually said that last play by Caledonia, I thought it had great play design. I don't know whether it was a read by Patrick or designed by Gareth, but yes. I thought it was really smart in how they ran it and it created the mismatch in the low post. Um, but yeah, um, lots, lots of, I think there's still lots and lots of positives to come. And obviously one thing you pointed out, we, we keep trying to think and Rob seems to quite trying to keep think, we think this probably is the youngest starting five. Yeah, I know. I think I have mentioned it before and talked about it a little bit before, but in terms of, in terms of uh, my memory, certainly Rob's tenure, and I think even before, I am convinced, I've not done the maths on this, but I am convinced that we are the youngest starting five that we've ever had in the Leicester Riders, mm. but also across the league currently. And, and, I, and I guess, I don't think that's been acknowledged. I mean, Rob talked about BBL um, TV coverage yeah, and commentary. Yeah, not, not mentioned TV. TJ Law. And I, I think that's something else that's not been picked up on and commented upon. And I think it should be. The reason, the reason being um, is that, you know, they're all first-year pros, uh, young men, 
young men um, straight out of college uh, and um, our expectations of uh, their level of performance, consistency, decision making is is a work in progress. Mm. Um, So we've not got to uh, put too much pressure too much expectations and there will be some inconsistencies i believe yeah and i think sports, that's not a negative no right? i think sports in general is a little bit guilty of that um nba draft night they're always saying well this player has got hints of this ex superstar this ex superstar and they're always applying that pressure on we do it with uh, probably most commonly in this country with football yeah. as soon as someone breaks through we're oh this is the next best thing in the world yeah. you know etc et but people like like who we do know like lebron are mm. generational players yes. they're, they're once in a generation they are and if we think about the current number one pick in the NBA uh, Wemby yeah, Wemby yeah I think he's going to have some growing he seems to have great ability yeah uh, but he's going to have some growing pains of course he will he won't dominate I don't think Not uh, straight and away. Spurs won't suddenly go to being competitive um, playoff wise I don't believe no I mean to be fair if you do believe um, that Spurs will suddenly win championships you probably get great odds on it because <laughs> I don't think any, not many people will genuinely believe that they can suddenly win championships especially when Dame's in Milwaukee yeah and you probably need to have a consultation with your doctor if you believe that as well <laughs> I think I think it'd be useful to be so it's just it's just it's just I mean part of kind of the, the story if you like um, mm. um, that um, young men you know, developmental patience, um, inconsistencies is not to be unexpected. Um, and just to see the growth over the season, uh, which will be, um, I think, significant. Yeah, I think a phrase I use a lot, it feels like, um, and you shouldn't let improvement be the uh, the opposition of perfection. Um and actually, if you're getting better, that's something to be celebrated. And uh, just because it's not 100% there or it's not perfect yet doesn't doesn't mean that it's a negative. Um, enjoy enjoy the journey, so to speak. Um, one of our players that isn't a, a first-year player nope. is the captain. Captain America? No. Captain Canada? Captain Canada. God, he's going to hate me. I've yeah, of, you're, yeah, you're on yeah. the blacklist now. Oh, dear, I'm so much no trouble. No Christmas card for you coming. I know. Captain Kimball, who will love... Yeah. You know. Um, no, I'm not sure we're mutual anymore. No, probably not. Uh, um, Captain... Kimball from Canada, famously. <laughs> yes. Which is uh, not a it's not a state of America. No. <laughs> it is uh, a separate country. It's a separate country. Yeah. Um although it reminds me of the Halloween um little figures that the BBL put out on social media. If any of you've got Instagram, you might have seen it. Sam Decker was listed as Captain America. Was it? Yeah. Um one less favourable one is Gabe Olasheni. Okay. Was Mr. Potato Head. Oh, that's a bit tough. Yeah. So I can so I, I think it's because he's got a mustache. Yeah, I can kind of see it. But now I feel like everywhere he goes, <laughs> it's just going to be, "Hey, potato head!" <laughs> oh, and, and Gabe's a great player. He's a great player. Great UK player. He's a great him. player. But if I was yeah, in the yeah. crowd, I'd be calling him a potato. <laughs> I might even make a sign about it, <laughs> Mister Potato Head, okay. Gabe Olashenny. But anyway, anyway. We were speaking to Captain Canada, or you were rather speaking to Captain Canada. It speaks a little bit about, again, the youth of the players and how he's, you know, working as a leader to help those. And also answers a question that was put forth by one of our listeners um, through Spotify. Yes, and that was the question that I think his name, or I say his name, it could be her name, mm. Rykard, yeah. asked us to ask uh, Kimbo. So listen out for his reply in relation to that. So, Kimball, um, not been able to get down to practice for a couple of weeks. I've not spoke to people for a couple of weeks. Um, just quickly, how are you? Yeah, doing well. I mean, hanging in there. A um, couple tough losses here. 
on the road in Newcastle, on the road in Caledonia. Good to get the one at home against Surrey after a big deficit. Uh, yeah, you know, keep moving forward. I mean, I think with this team, um, you know, a lot of rookies, a lot of new faces. It's going to be a process, you know, to, to gel and to really find ourselves, to find these grind-out wins on the road especially. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good experiences early in the season for us. Um, and, yeah, looking to just keep moving forward. Okay, quickly, what I remember, on our little podcast along for the ride, we occasionally ask people to, to send in questions. And I've got a question for you, sent in by somebody called Rycard. Okay. Don't know who that is. Could be anybody. Okay. Uh, and it was just a simple question, really. And it just wanted me to ask you, had you developed any nicknames for any of the, the, the other team members on this year's squad at all um, that you can share with us? Yeah, let's see here. Bray Bridge. Like the Bay Bridge, but Bray Bridge. I like that. Myron, my guy. That's also excellent. Jaren, we'd be, I've been calling him Jer. Maybe Jer Bear for feeling crazy. <laughs> X, X Javier. Um, Caleb, I think I heard someone calling him Raspberry. Maybe that might have been Connor. Uh, so to answer the question, yes, there's a lot of nicknames. I mean, I'm... Uh, I call people different stuff every day. I mean, I've been infamous for this and just kind of saying stuff. So there's definitely a lot of new ones flying around, yes. Okay, thanks for that, Kim. No that's, that's some, some really good interest in name there. Yeah. Um, I've just been sat here watching you go through your shooting drill. Um, I suppose really it made me think, how important is to repetition shooting drill again and again? And talk to me about probably... For, for any young guys who may be listening, what what the important important mechanics? What makes a good shooter? Um, yeah, I mean, really important. First off, I mean, getting your reps, getting quality reps. I would say. I mean, I think, especially valuing the quality of the reps more than the amount of reps. Definitely, getting a lot is important, but I'd rather I'd say I'd rather get you know fifty good ones when you're tired and really going game speed rather than five hundred half speed ones. So. That's the first thing. And then mechanic-wise, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some basics you might want to follow in terms of having your elbow aligned with, your, with the rim, being balanced. But I also think it's important to shoot your shot. You know, don't try and be something you're not. Shoot it how you feel comfortable shooting it and then tweak it where you might find inconsistencies. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can get caught up trying to shoot it like Steph Curry, trying to shoot it like this guy, trying to shoot it like... you got to shoot it like yourself, but to follow some basic mechanics of having a solid base, being balanced, having your elbow tight. Um, those things are important. So how much is it important in terms of the shot comes from the arm alignment? Or is it in the legs, the strength? Uh, a little bit of both, right? I mean, I think definitely your base is the most important, um, being balanced. And then from there, you still have to have strong hands, strong forearms, wrists. Because, um, you know, a lot of the flick is coming from there at the end of the day, so... Uh, good base and you know just like a smooth follow through I'd say is important. Okay, so let's let's kind of flip back to consider the games. We you mentioned them a couple a little bit briefly. Let's talk about Surrey then the win down here. Yep. We were down by 23rd, 23 midway through the second. What's your focus and um, how anxious were you as a team? Yeah, just turning up the heat. I mean, I just think we did, we weren't playing uh, hard, you know. Um, a lot of times that can be the biggest thing. Obviously, Surrey came out and give them credit. They made a lot of shots. You saw them put up over 100 points against Plymouth the other night. You saw them make 23s. This isn't a team that lacks talent by any means or shooting. Um, I thought we just needed to turn up the heat. Um, 
definitely as a competitor and um, as someone who really cares about winning every game. You know, you you get down that big, you're there's a lot of emotions involved, but at the end of the day, you got to bottle it up and just focus on the moment. And I thought we did a pretty good job of that, uh, focusing on just one possession at a time, and we crawled our way back. So give us credit. And then we go on the road to uh, Caledonia, East Kilbride. I guess the first question to me, what do you do for seven hours on a bus journey up? Man, man, uh, some guys watch shows, some guys sleep, some guys read, some guys, you know, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge, um, finding things to do and ways to stay, you know, focused, but not too focused to where you're, you know, you spend a whole day kind of anticipating a game. By the time the game comes, you're burnt out. So, yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Um, but, you know, I thought we were right there. I thought we had enough energy, and um, I thought we had the ability to win the game. We just didn't pull it up. So, obviously, and it can happen in basketball, a one-point loss is, is gut-wrenching at the time. But some real positive performances. I guess, I guess one of the things that stood out for me, 46 points from the bench mob which you form part of and Blake Bowman's 15 points game high score um kind of other perspectives of that game yeah I thought Blake was awesome um you know he kept the game simple he was flying around making plays finishing at the hoop finding guys I thought Connor's really been coming into his own you know you see why he's been such an elite professional for so many years yeah I mean um it's good to have those contributions. We just want to win. I mean, regardless of, of whatever happens, uh, I think that we just want to win. So um, definitely, you know, happy that Connor and um, Blake and Mo, Sam, they all played well off the bench. I'm happy about that. And I think it's going to be important for us to be, you know, continue to have that confidence in our depth. But we want to win the game. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, two seconds to go. Rob has the final timeout. Is he always looking to you to take that final shot? And kind of what were you thinking and what did you think as you let it go? He's not always looking for me, no. I think it depends on uh, the day. I think it depends on who's guarding who. The last play could have went to two different spots, which I think is important in a final play. You want to have multiple options on it. Um, I ended up getting a good look. The kid out of the um, on was out of the corner made a good play and got a a hand on my shot. Um, yeah, I mean tough one. I mean anytime you uh, feel like you have the ability as a player to end the game and to make a shot and you miss, it really sucks. Uh, you know something that you know definitely is going to be with me for a little bit, but not in a bad way. You know I'll learn from it. Um, you know, I've been here in my career before. I've missed plenty of game winners. I've made plenty of game winners. So, um, yeah, tough one there. I would have loved to make that shot. Uh, to whatever, to get it off quicker. You know, you can go back in your head and play a thousand different possibilities. But they made a good play getting a block. And, yeah, moving on. I mean, I think, you know, anytime you have a game like that, you can go back multiple possessions and see where, okay, where could we have been better? Where could, you know, right from the start of the game, where can we be better? You know, I missed a lot of easy looks that game myself. You know, I thought we could have been better as a team. So um, it did come down to one play, but we can be better. I mean, it was a great entertaining game. That's why we love this sport of basketball. It often comes down to that. I'm also reminded one of the, I think it was a famous advert Michael Jordan put together saying how many shots he'd missed. And that was kind of mm-hmm. one of the things that drove him on. Uh, and now from one of the all-time greats. Just, just looking forward a little bit to coming Saturday. It's nearly bonfire night. 
who are playing the Newcastle Eagles. Been up there twice, split those games. Perhaps the second game got a little bit chippy. So yeah. how, how much we're looking forward to it and how much um, does discipline play into the importance of for the win Saturday night? Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it. I mean, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter who's coming in here uh, this weekend. You know, we're coming off a loss. We feel like we could have won. Um, so we're just trying to come in here and put our best foot forward, keep getting better, keep going up and up. Yeah, obviously there's a little bit of uh, rivalry going on. I'll use that word because everyone loves it so much. I'll use that word. I mean, yeah, guys get competitive. It's a game of basketball. I'm not focused on that whatsoever. You know, I'm focused on coming out here and, and playing the right way and getting a win as a team. Every game, especially with uh, kind of how the year's been going, discipline's going to be really important. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean not getting technicals. It means, you know, in, in all our facets, playing good defense, running our offense correctly. So, yeah, discipline and continuing to get better at that is going to be big. Absolutely. Just final question then, Kimball. Kind of captain of the team, well, but certainly one of the leaders on the team. And, and I'm mindful, I've been struck, I've mentioned it to Coach Rob before, that our starting five is made up, comp you know, first-year rookies, first years out of college. Can you remember your first year and what it was like to make those adaptations, moving away from home from the first time such a long way? In terms of what, what does it challenge you in terms of leadership and messages to those, those kind of starting five players? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I do remember my rookie year, absolutely. I had a up-and-down rookie year. It was the COVID year that got cut off early. Um, I, I had an injury that took me out for six weeks. Um, so, yeah, definitely had some ups and downs and learned a lot from it. I think that's just the nature of, you know, becoming a professional. Just like when you go from high school to college, there's a learning curve. Um, so, yeah, I think all these guys are doing well, man. I mean, it's not easy to, to, to adapt to the professional game and to whatever you want to call it, the refereeing, the style of play, whatever it is. Um, it definitely challenges me as a leader just because, you know, you got to lead everyone in different ways. Um, you know, you, the way you say something to one guy, you might have to say it a little bit differently to another guy and so on and so forth. But um, all in all, I, I feel like we have a group of, of good guys that want to win. So from that point, that's all you can ask for. Kimball, as usual, thank you for your time and your kind of comments and observations. Really appreciate it. We're shouting for you Saturday night uh, against the Eagles. Best of luck. Much appreciated, Mark. Thanks for having me. So that was you once again speaking with Kimball, um, both Kimball and Rob actually, um, very generous with their time, always speak candidly and, and yeah. open and honestly, which, you know, so we thank them for that. Um, yeah. Obviously the first thing on the on the day, or on the question, was the nicknames question. Yes, from Rycard. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he pretty much just says anything that comes through his <laughs> mind. We've got the Bray Bridge. The Bray Bridge. Jer Bear. Jer Bear. <laughs> Um, the the X one, he went all French sounding. He did, didn't he? Uh, Javier. Yeah, of course. And don't forget, part of Canada do speak French as their first language. It's Quebec, isn't it? Yeah, that's I don't it. think it's Scarborough. No, I don't think it is Scarborough. I've asked Kimball, how is your French, uh, Kimball? Catherine uh, Kimball? Uh, <laughs> probably better than yours. Yes, um, But yeah, I think the favourite nickname was Raspberry. Raspberry, yeah, which is which is fantastic. I'm never going to call Caleb that to his face. Yeah, not to his face. I mean, yeah. can you imagine when he works out? You know what people mean when they say blowing raspberries. Um, <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean that's got so many traps and innuendos related to what you just said there. It's frightening, yeah, to be honest. I, I obviously mean, but anyway. <laughs> but as I said, there is so many in 
innuendos related to that phrase. But I, I know what you meant, Greg. I know yeah. what you meant. This is a yeah. this is a family, yeah, a family podcast. podcast. Yeah. And, it, and a good thing, it's a good job nobody listens to it, isn't it? Yeah, no so we can basically say what we want. Yeah. Uh, when he comes out for the next game, everyone will be just being... <laughs> <laughs> And they'll be like, what's going on? What's going on? Um, one thing that I really liked that um, Kimball said uh, and struck a chord with me was about how you have to lead people in different ways. And I think it's important that you, re- A, that you recognise that and having the ability to do that is a fantastic skill. Um, we've both worked with people for, you know, for a long time. I coach a lot now as well. And it's, it's so true. Some people need that arm around them. Some people need that gentle encouragement, that little bit of love. Some people genuinely need a rocket and need screaming app to get yeah. them to, to operate. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's really important. Um, not, I don't want to take from this that you should just go around screaming at people, but anyway, um, would you, would you kind of characterize that by stick or carrot or a, a mixture of both? <laughs> I think sticking carrots probably a, a, <laughs> a little harsh is it is a simplistic way of looking at it. But it's, it's I'm a simple guy. It's basically that. Um, <laughs> although my my issue with that is that you're saying that the carrots are good thing, and I don't like carrots. I know you've you've always had a problem with carrots, which I've never quite yeah. understood. Um, from when you were a wee boy, I've kind of not, never yeah. quite understood. But anyway, um, anything else about that, or should we? No, just I think to, to recognise that, that Kimball's stepping up to that job and doing doing a really good job yeah. so far. Absolutely. So, in terms of we mentioned Kimball, so let's um, let's discuss and reflect upon. And this week's Kimball question is: Well, actually, the first thing there isn't a, a this week's Kimball no. question. We've kind of not not uh, set one or, or or done one. However. We need to feedback from the last episode. Yeah, last episode we were. I think you could have up to four points maximum. Yes, if you could name play it one point per per player that had played for both Manchester Giants and um, Leicester Riders, yes. and we've had one listener that's, that's gone above and beyond. Yeah, so I think instantly when we thought we we, we came up with roughly approximately seven or eight names, seven or eight. It's quite a lot, quite a lot, and we didn't spend that much no. time on it for us, no. but. Um, Christopher of the Stony Eight, Christopher of the Stony Eight, regular listener mm. allegedly. Um, he he kind of listened, heard that, and then overnight went away and guests came up with a whole list of names. Um, how many do you think he may he may have come up with? I see you see in the paper, so the answer is written down. How many? How great was the list? I mean, if I if I wasn't looking at the list. <laughs> I think a reasonable person <laughs> overnight thinking about it. I'm thinking 12, 13 names. I Max. Feel like that would be a great effort. Yes. Um, obviously, Chris of Stonygate has gone above and beyond that. And I think he's got 20 names. 20 names! Um, so, that, you know what that deserves, don't you? Go on. I was thinking it might, you might get a mention from Zach. Zach? Zach? Seriously? Yeah, 20. 20. Okay, so let's let's just for for clarity, are you going to read them out one by one very quickly? Yes. Yeah, and you you can tick them off if you'd thought of that. Yeah, some modern ones, some less modern ones. Yeah. So, um so Jamel Anderson, William Lee, Evan Walsh, all current giants. Uh, Tom Brown, Tony Holly, Kevin St. Kitts, uh Trezzy Babe, John Tresvan, Jarella Coro, Steve McLaughlin, um, Dave Aliu, Yorick Williams, Jimmy Brandon, Corey Johnson, of course, currently at um, Derby Trailblazers, Barry Webster, Reese Haggif. What happened to Reese? I think he's still playing. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Obviously, uh, him and his brother Ellis both came through the Charmed Pathway. Yes. 
Um, Barry Webster, I've said him already, Jordan Dawes, uh, Tony Balligan, Delmy Herriman. I remember getting his autograph at Granby Alls once, just as a side note. Uh, Nigel Lloyd and Michael New. Wow, so that's 20-odd names. So, again, just for the completeness, well done, Chris. Yeah, um, he, he might have to be our unofficial number one yeah. of the unofficial Leicester Riders Fantasy League. Absolutely. So, um, Fergus, uh, or the BFG, sorry, BFG, yeah. sorry, you can't beat that. Yeah, not think, on this week. Anyway. I don't think you've got twenty on that. No, definitely not. No, I think no. you've got to four. I think you've got the four points. I think you've managed that pretty okay, quickly. Right. Okay. I don't think you would have got anywhere near twenty. Okay. So um, yeah. So that that so there is no Kimball question, but we've got some lined up uh, for forthcoming episodes. Yeah. The next one's a, a, a goodie, but a toughie. I think. Yes, I think it might be. You're listening to the Along for the Ride Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Mark. A4R is the only slam dunking podcast where you can keep up to date with all the latest basketball news, views and opinions alongside exclusive coaches and player interviews straight from the hardwood. All regarding your high-flying club, the Leicester Riders. So, obviously, um, we mentioned at the start that we've got a big question. A big question, yeah. I wanted to ask you, uh, Greg, and for the couple of people who kind of, excuse me, download our podcast and kind of listen to it regularly. And I know there's at least, at least two people who, who do that. Um, and I was kind of thinking about it the other day. Um, and I kind of, it doesn't fill me with any joy. But here's a question then. Okay, big, the mm. big question for me. We're recording this um, late, um, what day is it? Wednesday, 1st of November. It is Wednesday, the 1st of November. 1st of November, yeah. okay. I've been coaching university basketball today. Yeah, you've had a good win, haven't you? Yeah, won by 32 on the road, not to be sniffed at. Yeah, not to be sniffed at, yeah, yeah. Well done you, young man. I think it's more a reflection of the team, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the big question. Um, 1st of November, is the BBL regular season championship done, i.e., London Lions, what are they, 10 and 0? Um, 11 and 0, I think. 11 and 0, yeah. Um, is it over by the 1st of November? Question. So I think it's one of these sort of head versus heart sort of situations because, I mean, the league table, as people probably know, is slightly different now. They don't. So in some places it shows points and in other places it doesn't, particularly on social media. Um, but. Obviously, yeah, London 11 and 0, 22 points as you look at the, the, the British Basketball League website, definitely not the BBL. Um, Bristol Flyers sit in second place. They've got a record of 7 and 3. So they're basically three losses back already. Will London lose three games? And that's assuming Bristol go perfect. Difficult, difficult to say, probably. I'm not sure that three games will ever get made up. I guess the closest challengers at the minute, even though they, they sit in third rather than second, that's due to the nature of playing less games, is Caledonia. They're five and two, so I guess they're two losses back. Um, very nearly three. Uh, we nearly we nearly, we, we nearly took that one. Um, but yeah, two games back. It, it feels... Go on. Like... Like... London are just going to bring it home. Yes. Um, I know... And, and probably Go on. almost as a canter. Yeah. I mean, I think... Um, 
Can you remember when we kind of first episode of this season, we we had a go at under over. Yes, and I think we both said, and and I, and I did say, kind of in some some respects, it's a pointless exercise trying yeah. to make judgments before anybody's played any games. Mm-hmm. And I did, we weren't sure whether London had kicked on. Um, and actually, having now seen them play, yeah. um, I think they have definitely. And I think they're better. They're a better squad team this year compared to last season. Uh, and, and I think the gap has extended further. Mm. Yeah, I think the gap has really extended further. I think if you look at the guys they've brought in, Dante Grantham looks a real player. I think he's been fantastic. And obviously, Matt Morgan steals a lot of the headlines. He's just an absolute bucket machine. Like It feels like he can't stop scoring. And I feel like he's been so hot in the early part of the season that now Sam Decker's coming back. And I'm not sure people can say Sam Decker's the best player on the team because Matt Morgan has been so good. Well, actually, I never thought he was. Fair enough. I think we both thought that Jordan Taylor was more... Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I think thought Jordan Taylor was more important. Tint. I'm not sure he was necessarily a better basketball player. But I think he is. Okay. That's just my opinion. I think okay. I think the most critical player for them last season was Jordan Taylor. I suspect he's the most important player to him this season. That's just my view. Uh, I think the, the, the sort of the return of Tariq Phillip is a sort of slightly lessened... Maybe. But don't yes. get me wrong, John yes. Taylor is a basketball, fantastic basketball yes. player. Uh, we're big fans um, of his game. Yeah. So so that's that's the question. Yeah. That's some of my views about it. And I, and I suppose I kind of asked that question and it's kind of a nice segue into something we kind of kind of talked about. It's, it's the competitiveness of the league. Mm. Okay. And there is this kind of outlier at uh, position number one. That yeah. I don't, don't see him relinquishing that. I think, I, so, I, so it's I, a question t- yeah. to ask, I think. And I think if you take London away, the league's been extremely competitive so far. Every, everyone's dropping games and they're dropping games to, to, to numerous different people. Like we've gone one on one with Newcastle in two very competitive games. Caledonia game was very competitive, even though we lost. They're enjoyable games to watch, although you couldn't really watch the Caledonia game because the YouTube stream wasn't very good. Um, but apparently that's a YouTube issue, not a, a, ba- a British Basketball League issue. But that's by the by. Yeah, but again, again, um, let us know what you think about about that kind of question. But again, kind of segue into kind of something else to to briefly talk about, uh, and that comes out of um, a podcast that's mm. been put up. Yeah, um, and we. We, we don't shy away from kind of uh, recommending other podcasts to listen to yeah um, uh, here on here on along for the ride um, so drew um, Lasker and Jay Marriott's podcasts this yeah. week um, they, they put up a podcast that they do um, entertaining uh, worth a listen um, they've got an interview with CEO Aaron Radin yeah um, so, so kind of. Um, I know you've not had a chance to listen to it. Not yet. No. Yeah, it, it's on my to do list. Yeah. So I, I would recommend people checking that out. Um, but I feel like um, just want to make some comments and observations about it, really, which I think I think is quite important to do. Um, so um, I'm going to stop me if I go off on a rant here, won't you? Interject. Yes. Okay. Interject if I if I get too rambly or, or ranty and kind of it's interesting. Um, I don't think Aaron gives lots of interviews, and I, I have no. I have an idea in my head that um, the kind of interviews he, he he grants to people they're not really Jeremy Paxman. 
type interviewees or Robin Day. If you you probably don't know, remember Robin Day, I remember Jeremy Paxman, but not Robin Day from Question Time. That type of interviewer that that probes and asks deeply probing, critiquing type questions. Um, so let, let, let's. What am I on about? Well, blah, blah. well a, a, a few things that we learned from the interview he gave on on Drew and Jay's um, podcast. What's his favourite Disney film? I mean, if he's not said Lion King, he's wrong. Okay, it's Fantasia, apparently. So that's that's important information. I, I guess uh, it's subjective. But yeah, that wouldn't even make my top ten, probably. No, not neither do mine. I'm, I'm not giving it any thought. But you're right. Lion King is would, Lion would, King, Cool Runnings. Yeah, yeah, it's um, kind of some of the classics, Robin Hood, etc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, favorite English phrase? Oh, well, I, I actually, <laughs> you've told me this one. Okay, cheeky, cheeky. Yeah, uh, important stuff to know. Uh, and and um, what was the, the? Yeah, so so you know those sorts of questions. Mm. Um, kind of, I'm not sure really. I think, uh, yeah, if, if, if they were... Information we really need to know. Yeah, softball questions. <laughs> that's like that's if, a good phrase. If you're pitching, pitching the ball or, or bowling the ball in cricket, they're just literally <laughs> dropping it in front of you to hit it through. It's almost as if he's gone, I want to sound more personable. <laughs> Ask me these questions. I guess the other thing is, is that kind of... Um, Jay uh, Marriott. I think sometimes, I mean, I think I think sometimes uh, can be guilty. And I think when I listen to kind of the conversation that I had, I think Jay sometimes can be a little bit guilty of um, talking um, on behalf of basketball supporters per se, which I don't think is true. And the fact that, and I think he uses the phrase, don't fully understand the importance of London Lions mm. um, and their success linked to the kind of relationship to the wider basketball league success, which I don't think it's necessarily um, operates in that way. Um, I think it's not. And I have a different perspective. And I have a different perspective to perhaps some other people's. Um, And I think it's important there's a a difference there. It's not a lack of understanding if you don't agree. Agree, yes. You you are allowed, and people do have different perspectives and different different, um, perspectives and thoughts, opinions. opinions, That's what I was looking for. Um, And that's true in basketball and all all the the puzzles. And I guess what is being sold about the importance of London is basically trickle-down economics which I think has recently been proven to not be very successful. It's not, it's not a great model. I think there's good evidence um, that that doesn't work. Um, so, so I mean, again, just, just to kind of follow through on that, and they mm. were talking about um, London Lions dominance, and we've talked about is the league already over, yeah. and, and is anybody going to beat them in the, in the trophy um, that's coming up? And the playoff final. It depends if, at what team you put out. I, I think they could more or less put any team out, and I, I can see them winning all three trophies, which which I haven't, I haven't, you know, by in itself got a problem with, other than um, the CEO talks about many sports leagues having yeah. dominant team stroke teams, mm. and there's some truth in that. Yeah. Um, there's some truth in that, uh, but um, what they didn't mention, and I think what you see, especially in North American leagues, yeah. NBA, which I know very well, NHL, um, NFL. What they do, uh, they they recognise what's the essence of sports and sports league. The, es- 
the answer to that is competition. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So competition is really key. So what they do, they put in some structural changes to mitigate financial muscle. And if you think the most, the NBA, which is the most rich, cash rich NBA team. Do you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, it depends. Do, do you know? In terms of value, there is an answer to that. Go on, go on then. In terms of value, yes. Uh, I don't know who's number one, but I think New York Knicks are number two. I think New York Knicks are the the kind of financially cash rich. The city is in, etc. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, how many championships have they won? Well, I, I can't barely remember them having a winning season, if I'm honest. Yeah, they, they've struggled. They've improved latterly. Yes, latterly. But they've I think, had a couple of up years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've they've kind of really won. I think I think I'm right in saying this one NBA championship. So in terms of financial muscle, they recognise um, the importance. We can't let financial um, kind of muscle be the sole dictator to success. So they put they mitigate and the things with the NBA clearly is salary cap. Yeah. Uh, and the draft, the draft and how that operates. Yeah, obviously Spurs managed to get Wemby, as we've already mentioned. Absolutely. So what they have, they mitigate the importance of financial things. Um, do we Have we got any mitigating um, structural issues that mitigate the financial muscle and dominance of London? Um, no, we've got none. No. Um, no, no. Like, uh, and I agree with you in terms of competition. I think one thing that's been repeatedly said, um, I think by people who... Um, are employed by the BBL in one format or another. Uh, is that having the you know getting better players or getting the best players will encourage more people to attend and watch and get involved with the BBL? I, I have a few issues with that. I think it's overly simplistic. Um, and, and I guess firstly, I'm not sure any of the names that have come over are big enough names for, to make any scratch on the market. If I went into Leicester City Centre and asked 100 people who Matt Morgan or Sam Decker were, most people aren't going to know. And that's not a slight on them. They're fantastic basketball players. But they're not a big enough name to draw people in that weren't already aware or conscious. So I guess that's the first point. The second point being, I think historically over the past, well, 32 years since it started, the most commercially successful football league, and I'm remiss to make um, comparisons across that, because in England, um, comparing football and basketball, it's chalk and cheese, it's completely different. Um, there's almost no comparisons to make. But one that I will make uh, is that I think the most commercially successful, most watched on television is the Premier League. And there's been very few times over that period that the absolute best players in the world have ever played in the Premier League. Your Messi's, your Ronaldo's predominantly played in Spain. I know Harling, Erling Haaland's in the Premier League now, but you've got Mbappe not in the league, etc., etc. People watch the Premier League because it's so competitive and anyone can beat anyone. Whereas in La Liga, Barcelona can play their C team and against half of the teams in the league and nothing negative is going to happen. It's that competitive element that makes the Premier League a success. Yes, so that, that that's one thing um, that I thought, you know, got an easy ride on, shall we say. Um, weren't, weren't Questions weren't probing enough. Um, they also talked about uh, the recently announced two American um, TV deals, um, which, you know, at one level... To be celebrated, yeah, it's a good thing. It's always a good thing to get to get TV deals. Again, it's kind of I, you know what, what comes up in my med, in my mind is you know what's what's missing, what's not asked about. There's no discussion around uh, financial arrangements. What's that? What what that means? What that revenue 
is going to generate have how, they paid for those how rights many years it's running for, yeah there's so again lack of detail the only, the only thing um Aaron Radin did mention there may be some opportunities um for uh, revenue in relation to advertisements around uh those tv deals but didn't didn't talk about figures at all or revenue at all um so i think again there's 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 a lack of um detail uh, in relation to those um and it does and it does feel odd that, that people are i mean admittedly he doesn't do many interviews as we've mentioned but people have access to him and those sort of questions aren't getting, aren't being asked because to go back to the premier league people know roughly the figures they're in the press of what TV deals are worth and how much they're worth and how much that means that the clubs are getting. And that's why the championship playoff game is known as like the 100 million game or whatever it yeah. is now. I mean, the, the, only, the only kind of other thing it did intimate about um, um, advertisement may may generate some, some income, but no figures at all. But one thing is he did say, um, we, we, we're good to sell over there because we are cheap. And that's not my words. That's his words. Yeah. He said, we are cheap. So, so, so you know, it just raises kind of questions in my mind. So, again, I think a, a lack of detail and mm. probing away to try and get, get some, some indication in terms of revenue options there. Um, talked about the, T, the BBL, uh, British Basketball League, TB production, and how that's improved. Uh, and some of that is to do with greenness and sustainability yeah which i think there's some truth in that yeah i think when you've got two commentators from the greater london area commentating on a game of in in east kilbride yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. and for that sort of thing he talks about not sending big trucks out all over yeah. the country and, and that makes sense so overall that's that's true and i agree with him in there i think that the problem with that again a problem with that he talked about commentators and and wanting to get coaches and players due to if they everybody has to travel to ealing to do that that limits the opportunities so in terms of it's a british basketball league mm. uh, nobody's traveling any further than the midlands um to do commentary yeah, certainly not currently anyway yeah so there's nobody and it's just the distance i would mm. suggest there's no there's no commentators players voices commentators from the the northwest the northeast or east kilbride um at all so actually you've reduced the pool of British basketball commentators, players and coaches and um, to to kind of offer their input. So it it's narrowed it. It's it's less British, mm. I would I would argue. Yeah. You're missing what we what we've had in previous seasons is those beautiful um, British accents from the northwest, the northeast and, and Scottish and they're all now absent. Yeah, and I think it's really sad. Off the back of that BBC which obviously we spoke about previously. Yes. The docu-series probably the best way to describe it following the caledonia gladiators um they've been on bbc television on a on iplayer um and yeah to not be able to get gareth murray or johnny bunyan's voice on it when they've been you know yes. integral to that show feels yeah. a bit of a shame yeah you know who i miss who's that kieran achara Kieran Achara. Yeah, I miss him. Where Disgusting. Is he? Disgusting. I was, as, as, as Rob pointed out, I was up at um, East Kilbride. Yeah. Don't see him. Weren't there? No. Well, I, I didn't see him. I can't say he wasn't there, but I didn't I feel I didn't like you probably would have seen him. I think him. we would have done. So, where is Kieran? Um, why aren't we hearing his voice? Um, Etc. So, that, so, so I think I think that's a, a, you know, a reasonable 
critique to to kind of say just a couple of th- points with this podcast and a lack of probing questions that I think is is absent uh, that I want to make um, um, about I suppose in relation to to um, the, the the TV deals TV deals I'll try and spit that out correctly mm-hmm. um, Greg question for you what's most important market for the BBL the UK market or the USA market question well if you're asking me. I am asking you. <laughs> I think you've got to get your own market right first. You have to get the British market correct and solid before you go elsewhere. Yes. You're not, you, otherwise, what are you selling? Um, images of empty arenas around the world. It doesn't it's, come across very well. Yeah. It's kind of, you, if you're building a house, do you start with the roof or the foundations? I've never built a house, so I'm going to start with the windows. Oh, yeah, okay, you're, you're a little Controversial, I Controversial, yeah. But foundations, I might suggest that the kind of foundational kind of um, laying down is the UK market. Yes. Um, and again, there's a lack of discussion around what's happening in the UK market, TV deal-wise. Um, you know, are we selling, is any of the key tentpole, that's a quite correct phase in tent pole events are they sponsored by anybody um we've got three or is it four i can't remember technically four but one of them is the all-star game yeah so that doesn't count um are them sponsored um in relation to and i guess it relates to also the importance of the alliance is any mainstream media picking up their story Aaron, Aaron Randon is big on stories yeah. um, and, and kind of are they being picked up by mainstream media whichever format that that yeah. kind of you know, looks like, and I don't think they are. No, I think uh, we, we ticket don't... sales Thursday night. It's a challenge for the clubs. Just putting it out there. Yeah, I think so, you've seen that on Sky TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah almost yeah. all Thursday night yeah, games. Yeah. The arenas don't look full. No, so so you know there was no discussion about the UK market, in my opinion, and they may disagree with that. But that, again, that's one of my takeaways. Um, what else? Because there's just a couple of other things uh, that I wanted to talk about, briefly mention. I think, I think, um, I, I, I guess, go to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, go to, I'm going to signal the actual point, from around 24 minutes, 40 seconds, and around that sort of Space. I'll say that again. From around 24 minutes, 40 seconds, for the next 10 seconds, Aaron Radin's talking about um, why the, the importance of trying to raise the profile of the British Basketball League in the American market. Mm. And one of the hoped-for uh, kind of um, effects of that is to make this market, the UK BBL, an attractive place for American players to come and play. Yeah. An awareness of the league, and that that would be one of their first choices to come and play here rather than anywhere else in Europe. Go listen to that bit, and, and I'd be interested in your views or any other people's views regarding what he tries to make as a point that it's worth playing here rather than in other parts of Europe. I think what he says is highly questionable. Um, and um, actually, I think my view is that it's actually out of order in saying what he said in the way he said it. Yeah. So you've got to go and listen to that and make your own minds up about that. But my view, I think what he said was um, not in keeping with the role of a CEO of British Basketball League. Yeah, I think it's a terrible thing to say what he said. And I think building on from that, not only that, I think um, Sam Nita, um, 
a lot of you may know as Hoops Fix, has raised a point online on social media about he can't believe that the BBL put out as a piece of content the mic'd up piece from Caleb Asbury because it's it's very incendiary. There's lots of negative language which is bleeped out, but you know exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and obviously the league constantly tells us that they're looking at this young market, family market, and a little bit older that they would put that out into the ether and that that's a good piece of content to put out and then to back it up with the, when that led to the inevitable um, heated moment in the next game against Eagles. Yes. That that also became a bit, bit of content and actually that was, a, and if you're aiming for that family market, is that really what you want to be known for? Well, actually when I hear the CEO talking, I'm not sure he is aiming for this family market because he only talks about 16 to 30 year olds oh, maybe, maybe that's he, what we want then he repeatedly and has consistently talked about the market being 16 to 30 year olds which is actually you're almost outside that i'm definitely outside it oh, if it's 16 so, to 34 i am yeah, outside it yeah yeah so yes. so so the 16 year olds are the i don't know uh, i kind of uh, again some i think i think he misses some uh, i mean we're not the 51st state of the usa no. and and you can you can accuse me of being a little bit colloquial. Colloquial, is that right word? Um, but but you could accuse me of being a bit insular. But we're not the 51st state. And I do think he's missing some important cultural aspects related to what it means to be British and British basketball. Absolutely. I think he's make, making some slight missteps. Uh, uh, and just British, That's my view. British sport in general, Um if we're honest, but anyway, back to the riders. Well, no, just one one further point, and then we'll we'll come off this, and I'll okay. finish rambling and ranting. Um, there was no questions about um, what has been mainstream kind of reporting in the media mm. regarding seven um, seven. Okay, uh, which again I found odd that the CEO, the head of British Basketball, there's no questions about what's your view on about the the national media, the Times, the Telegraph, reports, and what's your view regarding that reporting and what it might mean for the league? No questions related to that. Yeah. Which I've, I find a little odd, um, yeah. you know. But but um, I finished, Greg. You'd be glad to know I finished on that. Go listen go. to that podcast. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to listen to it. <laughs> Not sure I need to now. And make up your own mind. Let, let us know. Go go listen to that, people who might listen to us, and, and then come back to us and say, Mark, you're talking absolute tosh and yeah. rubbish, and you're completely wrong on all your points. Yeah. I, I think there's been a, a, a general lack of um, detail for the fans uh, from British Basketball League since the the... Well, since Radin came in, since the rebrand, this is true of if anyone attends the town hall meetings, which are notably getting less and less people each time, um, there's just no detail. There's nothing, um, and everything's great and everything's awesome. It's a yeah. little bit like the yeah. Lego, little bit yeah. like the Lego movie song. Everything is awesome. I guess it's my turn to sing. Stop uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, get back on track. Yeah, and one thing that is awesome. Yes. Is the block leader updates. Yes, between it's me versus you, or rather it's TJ versus Sam. Yeah. So update us on then, go on. Yeah, so uh, in terms of our competition, TJ has got four blocks. But as we know, he's only played six games and missed the last three. He's got four blocks. 
Okay. Sam, uh, Sammy Adowu, has got seven blocks. So, yes, technically he's in front, but he has played three more games. Yeah, but even if uh, TJ gets one block a game in those differences, it's still only seven all. So, I'm confident with my pick, Sam. Um, yeah. Old old Braybridge. Is actually, Braybridge. Braybridge actually leading the way. He's got nine. With nine. So, yeah, fair that's, play. That's impressive. And... Um, Weirdly, your um, the uh, device we're using to write Myron's name down has has auto correct his name, so he's now Marion Platts. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, got five, he's got five. He's got five blocks yeah, on yeah, Myron. Yeah. Yeah, Although people might be able to pronounce Marion Platts, and not many people can <laughs> seem to announce Myron. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, so looking good for Team Sam. Yeah, but you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. TJ's back this Saturday, and I'm sure he's going to quickly recover that um that, fingers that. crossed that tj's back we can agree yes. on that bit yeah absolutely absolutely um and i guess talking about riders and potentially former riders yes i mean i've, I've talked way too long about one particular podcast but there's another podcast that it would be remiss of us not to signpost and kind of congratulate really um it, when it when it came when i was aware of it and came into my kind of um sphere of kind of awareness i thought it was uh, i thought it was kind of mind the gap podcast and i thought I've got a, I've got a kind of notification of podcasts from TFL, yeah, or British Rail, uh, Transport for London podcast, yeah. I don't know who would host that. No, it'd be interesting. But then I kind of realised I'd, I'd misread it. It's not mind the gap. It's uh, in the gap. In the gap. And it's hosted by three former riders. Obviously, Woo-hoo. the G for Gino, the A for Anderson, and the P for Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In the Gap podcast. Yes. Um, and I guess the, the highlight. The, the very much the highlight. You actually get to hear. You do. Peter. Doctor. Doctor Peter. Doctor Peter. He speaks five or six times. So that's in keeping on brand. On brand, on yeah. On brand, five or six words per, per, per podcast. Yeah. But but it, overall, it's a great listen, um, getting great insights um, uh, regarding um, things related to their career, agents. And, Agent, yeah. And um, I think I think episode two with Gino's, Gino's story about his yeah. rail is really interesting. interesting. Absolutely. So, I mean, don't skip to episode two. Make sure you, you listen to episode one first. If you've, if you've not already, you may yes. have already done yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, episode two, the, the story about his rail and yeah. whatnot is, is really interesting interesting and um yeah to get that that story which we're obviously hearing so much about from a from a very specific and personal standpoint yeah so that that's good so so i recommend you listening now i'm sure you already have anyway but uh, we thought we'd mention it um because it's a good podcast um, um we've actually got an apology to make we have got an apology to make again it's mainly my fault because I've, 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 I've i'm happy to agree with that yeah i've, I've kind of mad Mad flu? <laughs> mad, mad flu. Man flu that's yeah. made me mad. Yeah, you're always mad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so as we know, uh, uh, I think we know, the the, the WBBL team, mm-hmm. uh, ladies, have, they've started their season yeah. uh, and they're currently sitting at 2-0. 2-0, So yeah. a great start, but we've, mm-hmm. we've kind of, uh, we've failed, I've failed um, to get up there and to speak to the new head coach. I've not had that opportunity to do that yet, yeah. which I will soon rectify because we, yeah, we want to try and reflect the widest family, yeah. riders family. So we need to speak to them. Interestingly, they have a game this Saturday. On Saturday. On Saturday. Guess who they're playing? Oh, you're going to tell me it's someone like Newcastle Eagles. It's Newcastle Eagles, and they tip off at six pm at Loughborough. Yeah, we couldn't just have a double edger, could we? <laughs> no, at, at the morning. Side. At the morning side, that just seems a little curious. They play in the Newcastle Eagles. Uh, as, as the men are, and they tip off at six. But it's at Loughborough, and we're at morning side. So. 
I, I don't quite understand that. But as, as you know, I'm regularly baffled and confused by the basketball world and the world in general. Yeah, I was going to say also non-basketball things as well. Um, I guess before we, or as we start to wrap things up for this week, just one thing I want to take you back to. When you when Rob was speaking, he did make a little bit of a plea to, to get people down to the Morningside Arena, to get people loud in the Morningside Arena. On Saturday evening, we are taking on the Newcastle Eagles in what is a big game. It's likely to be heated, full of rivalry and a little bit chippy. So make sure you get your tickets. Riders.basketball. Be there for what is destined to be a fantastic game. Down to the wire. Two teams battling hard and hopefully your riders coming out on top. So I've been Greg. Join with Mark and we've been along for the ride. <laughs>